Hi everyone and welcome to From the Hacks preview of the 2019 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts that will take place starting this weekend at the Centre 200 in Sydney, Nova Scotia. In part one of our preview we will focus our attention on Pool B, which will include both the reigning Scotties and World Champions, Team Jennifer Jones, as well as a wildcard team that will be filled by the winner of the game between Team Anderson of Manitoba and Team Scheidegger of Alberta on the opening Friday of the Scotties. Among our guests in part one of our preview are Jennifer Jones, Carrie Anderson, Casey Scheidegger, Robin Silvernagel of Saskatchewan, Andrea Crawford of New Brunswick, and Kerry Galusha of the Northwest Territories. All that and more, but first, Canadian musician and non-curler extraordinaire Jimmy Reed plays us into the podcast. So before we get started, if you've ever wondered how they get those nice graphics into the ice at Grand Slams at the World Championships and at Nationals in Canada and the US, well the answer is provided by Jedi's, whose in-ice graphics from easy and textile logos to the world famous Jedi's Full House product are great ways for clubs to enhance the appearance of their ice and to generate much needed additional sponsorship revenues. Easy and textile logos are the industry standard for high quality logos and they're a snap to install. Meanwhile, Jedi's customizable full houses are a relatively new way for clubs to grow sponsorship revenues by offering maximum brand recognition to those sponsors. No one can match Jedi's design services, quick turnaround times, and product quality, which is why Jedi's products are valued by major organizations such as Curling Canada, the World Curling Federation, USA Curling, and Sportsnet, who trust Jedi's to provide the products they require for their high-profile events. Jedi's. They bring ice to life. Arnold Asham's passion for curling, along with his natural propensity to explore new ways to better the game, led him to a whole new world of product design. As a result, all Asham Curling Supplies products are designed with the curler in mind. Asham's patented ultralight RDS technology makes it possible to change and customize their slider with any combination of sliding discs. With equal resistance on all sides, the circular design that guarantees a straight slide. These circles have also been designed larger and with stabilizing bars from the outer unit sole to produce the most stable straight sliding shoe the world has ever seen. Go to www.asham.com for Broom's apparel and revolutionary designed footwear. And if you're considering buying new curling shoes, you must consider the rotator sole. It's the sole of the future. Our preview begins with the skips of the two teams that will meet in the wildcard game. It's been an uneven season for Team Scheidegger, who haven't quite been able to follow up on their successes of the past two seasons this year. That being said, they played well enough to maintain a high enough CTRS ranking to allow them to claim one of the two spots in the wildcard game after failing to qualify for the playoffs at the Alberta Provincials. Casey Scheidegger joined from the hack to discuss her team's season and to look ahead to the wildcard game. Casey, I want to start by asking you about something that happened at the Skins event in Banff when you uh, gave the crowd a scare taking a tumble after tripping over a bumper, which is something I've done once at my club and I didn't feel anything until the next morning, but I'll not get into the reasons why. Uh, I know you injured your shoulder a little bit in Banff when you took that tumble, and I'm sure people are wondering if you're expected to be 100% in time for the wildcard game. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I did. Um, I'm a bit clumsy. I was not intoxicated, but just took a little bit of a trip over the bumper. Um, surprised me. It was a little higher than I thought, and just went down a little funny on my shoulder. But um, it's a little sore, but it'll be fine by the wild card game. Casey, I think it's fair to say that the provincials didn't go as planned for your team. You reached the finals of each flight, but couldn't qualify for the playoffs. Was it a case of running into a series of teams playing very well, or was it a case of your team not being able to find its groove that week? 
kind of a combination of everything, really. We we were ranked number one, um, and in Alberta, the other like everybody seeds each other. So, and then based on that ranking, then we're slotted into our spots. So we were ranked one, and I think that when that happens, every team that you play is lower than you, and they're going to bring their A game, and that definitely happened here. The teams that we played against played really, really well, and we didn't play poorly. We just missed the wrong shots at the wrong time, and I think that's sort of been the story of our season is just, you know, having one bad end or one bad shot that really costs us, and that that's definitely what happened at our provincials too. So that being said, we've kind of narrowed it down to what's been happening, and so we think that it's something we can work on and improve on for the next three years, and that's kind of our one thing that we're going to work really hard to improve because we think that that's the difference right now between us winning a lot more games and losing games. If one were to look at your record for the season, which is 27 and 26 heading into the Scotties, it would appear that it's been a difficult season for the team. However, I don't think your team's record is representative of the way you've played this season, especially since many of your games have been played at Grand Slam events against teams that are in the top 15 in the world. No, and I don't think it has either. I mean, our focus this year, and as you can tell, like, from from the team we're going to be playing in the wild card, they've played a lot more games than we have. We're not a team that does a ton of events every season. We sort of try and stick to six or seven um, because, you know, we all do work full-time and not saying that other teams don't. But I personally have a really hard time leaving my my job. I, I love my job. It makes me very happy. And being a teacher, it's it's hard to leave your students. It's hard to leave your, your staff. And so we sort of made that decision that we weren't going to play in as many events. And the events that we chose were a lot, I guess, more difficult. Like we were playing in slams instead of world curling tour events um, that take place on a weekend, which, you know, might be a little more easier on the work schedule. But we really wanted to make sure the competition that we were getting was really strong because we felt like even if we were losing, we were going to learn lots. And I think that definitely happened. And obviously we would love to have won way more games than what we have and not lost so many. But I think in each of those losses, we've been able to pull a lesson and we've sort of been able to see some trends. And if this is a year to not have as many wins, then, you know, year one of the cycle is probably that time. So we're still we're still feeling really good and um, you know among those losses a lot of them have come down to either last rock last end they've been really close games and it's kind of heartbreaking to have games like that where you're so close but we're staying positive and optimistic and trying to pull the lessons out of all of those losses so that we can be a better team. There is a theory that it's easier to stay in the slams where so many points are available than it is to qualify for the slams in the first place. With your reduced schedule, have you been mindful of keeping an eye on the order of merit to make sure that you keep yourself safely within the rankings that are guaranteed a slam spot? A little bit, but we sort of, we were a little bit lower when we started the season, so we kind of based our schedule 
around hopefully getting into the slams, and we all we had backup fields that we would enter in case we didn't get in. So um, we did drop a couple of events because we ended up getting into slams, and that was that's purely just so that we can get that competition to make sure that you know we're keeping up with the the teams that are are ranked higher than us. So if if that did happen, if we were you know not not guaranteed to be in i don't i think we would you know play more world curling tour events and work our way to get getting back in but we've definitely been able to use the slams as a, a learning experience you mentioned earlier that you felt like teams were gunning for you at provincials because you were the number one seed, which brings another question to mind. In the second half of the last Olympic cycle, you were perceived as an up-and-coming team that was a dark horse at major events such as the Olympic trials. Now that you have a higher profile as a team and that you're a staple at the slams, do you find that even the top-ranked teams in the world have a different, perhaps a more focused approach when playing your team? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, you know, that first year where we kind of had our breakout year, um, you know, we were relatively unknown outside of Alberta. So I think that, you know, it's easy to, you know, sort of overlook a team when that happens. And we've definitely learned not to do that with other teams. And it's it's something we obviously try to avoid. And we, we realize that anybody can beat you and you're only as good as your next game. So, and I think potentially that might have happened to us. I, you know, I can't speak for the teams that we were playing. But I think for us, too, we wanted so badly to, you know, to win events and to be in the slams at that time that, you know, we knew that the teams we were playing against were ranked far higher than us. And so it's when you have that, it's just so easy to play really well because if you beat them, you know, you have everything to win and, and it's just really, it's a really exciting and it's a huge confidence booster. And now we're in that limbo a little bit where, you know, the teams are still ranked higher than us, but we really feel like we can compete with them, but we're just struggling to maintain that consistency. So Inquiring Minds want to know, Casey, your spot in the wildcard game at the Scotties was dependent on Team Homan winning the Ontario Scotties. The final between Homan and Julie Tippin was being played at the same time as your game versus Jen Jones at the TSN Skins event in Banff. Were you receiving updates on the Ontario final that evening from someone in the crowd? No, we weren't actually. I think this is our first Skins game, so we really wanted to enjoy it. And, you know, what happened in Ontario was completely out of our control. Obviously, we were rooting for Rachel to win because that meant we would get another chance to compete at the Scotties. But, you know, it's completely out of our control, and we really wanted to make sure we were enjoying that Skins game, our first one. And, you know, you never know if you're going to get invited back. Obviously, we hope we will because it was amazing. But we really wanted to focus on the game that we were playing and, and ensure that we were, you know, doing everything we could do to win that game. And after the game ended, John Morris, you know, let us know that our chances were pretty good because Rachel was up one with the hammer in the last end. So after that, we checked the scores frequently, and when she won, it was, it was exciting for us too. And finally, Casey, I am pretty sure that there is no team out there that would refuse an invite to the wildcard game. However, it does put the two teams in an awkward position, especially for the players that have families and or full-time jobs. If you win the wildcard game, you will be away from home for 10 to 12 days. If you lose the wildcard game, you'll be back in two or three days. How difficult is it to balance all of that when you have really no idea what the result of the wildcard game will be? Yeah, it's, um, you know, actually, 
the way that the Scotty's fall this year is super beneficial for me as a teacher because we have our, our reading week um, that week after. So the wild card game is on the 15th, and then the week after I don't have school. So for me, it's a little easier to plan. And for the rest of my team, it's a little trickier because they're trying to find people to fill in maybe if we win. And then if we lose, obviously, they would be back to take their shifts or do their regular work. So it is definitely a bit odd trying to plan for that and, and family-wise and everything to be able to plan for that, like child care and things. So it's definitely um, something that happened really quickly and we needed to move on really quickly. And I think some of my teammates are still kind of working out those those details just to ensure everything's covered for that, you know, either, you know, three or four days or that entire, you know, almost two weeks. So originally, like last year, we really felt like the wild card game, although it's really exciting um, for those two teams that potentially like maybe just the top CTRS team that didn't get in should just get that automatic berth. Um, now that because we were, were actually not the top one, Anderson would have got that berth. We're, we're happy that it, there is a wild card game to have that second chance. So I definitely see the pros and cons of it. Um, obviously, you know, being so far away from the West, uh, it's, you know, that's just part of the commitment you have to make to the sport. And I, I, didn't, I wouldn't foresee very many teams refusing it because I think so many of us really want that chance to compete in the Scotty. So a second life is a great opportunity. The other team in the wildcard game is one of the more scrutinized teams from the first half of the season. Consisting of four players that skipped their own teams at the end of the last cycle, Team Anderson won four events in the first half of the season and reached four other finals. They played well in the Manitoba Provincials, but then lost the final to Team Fleury in a game where Anderson took a 5-1 lead after two ends, only to lose a final by a score of 13-7. It will be a second wildcard game for Anderson, who won last year's game with her previous lineup on the way to a Scotty's final. Carrie Anderson joined from the hack to discuss her team's strong start to the season and also to look ahead to the wildcard game. Carrie, I hate to bring up a sore point, but I'm sure our audience might uh, still be wondering what happened in the Manitoba Provincial Final where your team scored five in the second end to take a 5-1 lead only to lose the game 13-7 to in nine ends. Yeah, sometimes uh, when you get a big end early, it's hard to defend that. And I think we just got, um, just lost our feel a little bit and, uh, they were playing really well. They've had, they had a really great week, the other team. So um, we knew we were going to have to uh, play well to to beat them. And we just didn't um, have our game. We played so well all week, and it's very disappointing to come out and not play very well since we uh, we had a grind of a week, that's for sure. It's no secret that the team you were playing in the provincial final included three teammates you had and that you played with in the last Olympic cycle. You're 1-3 against that team this season, including the provincial final. I'm wondering if perhaps you've been trying perhaps a little too hard against that team. I'm not suggesting that there's any animosity there, but it's only human nature to want to do well against your former teammates. Um, I think maybe at the beginning when we played them the first time, there's always that bit of nerves playing your old team. and Yeah, but I think I, I got past that and I just, um, yeah, just having to uh, play better, and uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, um, 
different. Uh, I haven't had to play against them in many years. So, but uh, yeah, I think we were just on the wrong side of the inch um, a few games. The good news is that you accumulated enough CTRS points this season to earn a spot in the wildcard game. You played in the first ever wildcard game last season. Do you think it gives you an advantage over Team Scheidegger heading into this year's wildcard game in Sydney, having experienced the build-up and unique nature of such a lose-and-go-home game to open an event? I think it uh, could give us a little bit of an advantage. We, uh, I've been in that situation before and um, just go into it treating it like any um, other final. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, nerve-wracking uh, to play in. You, it's either you're, you win, you're in. If you lose, you go home. So, uh, yeah, you just got to try and treat it like any other final. Your team has played a lot of games this season, which has served you well. You climbed up the rankings quickly, you secured a wild card spot as a result, and you've pretty much put an end to all that can a four-skip team work conversation. To get there, though, you've played 18 more games than any of the teams that will be at the Scotties, and 30 more games than Team Scheidegger, who you will be playing in the wildcard game. That's a lot of road trips, it's a lot of time away from home, a lot of time on the ice, and a lot of wear and tear on your bodies. Are you concerned at all that your team may hit the wall at some point in the second half of the season, because you've certainly put a lot of mileage on? Uh, we definitely put um, a lot of miles on and uh, played a lot of games. We had to do that early just because we're a brand-new team, brand-new positions, and wanting to uh, get to know each other a little more. So, um, yeah, we've, I didn't realize it was that much more than everyone else, but, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely helped playing those extra games and... Uh, um, helped us um, and throughout each event and just playing as much as possible, getting to know each other. And, um, yeah, I think we've done really well at that, and everyone has uh, done a great job at all their positions. So there's no concerns about being more tired than some of the other teams in the field after playing so many more games than anyone else? Oh, uh, no, not really. Um, I think we manage our rest really well when we are not at an event. So definitely practicing still, but um, also making sure we get that uh, much-needed rest in between events. What has surprised you the most about your team so far this season when you look back at everything you've been through, both bad and good, since last August? Yeah, we've just um, grown stronger as players, and really my friend and um, Brianna and Shannon have really um, surprised us uh, with the judging and the sweeping and picking up on that really fast. Um, they've just done a tremendous job and and also so is Val um it, it helps that they're really in shape and um Val's just so knowledgeable and just some shots that I'm like okay well maybe if we play this and she's like well how about that I'm like hey that's nice like it's it's good for for me to have that and and for her to uh be able to uh help me out as well so. And finally, Carrie, I know that the main focus for your team, obviously, is to go to Sydney and win the wildcard game. But if you do win that game, I'm just curious. You, Val, and Shannon have all experienced the playoffs at Scotty's. Uh, Shannon last year uh, stepping in for Caitlin Laws on Team Jones, actually winning uh, the Scotties and then going ahead and winning the World Championships. What would it mean for you and the team to play well in Sydney after that wildcard game if you were to win it and be in the mix once the playoffs start? Oh, it would mean so much. Um, we've worked so hard this season and uh, um, played so many games, and to definitely this is what we've wanted to put ourselves into. And um, 
we've lost uh, quite a few finals, and uh, uh, but it's so great getting ourselves there. So, um, yeah, it would mean so much to make the playoffs and uh, uh, be there at the end. The pre-event favorites in Pool B have to be Team Jones. The reigning Canadian and world champions had an average start to their season, but found their groove when they won the Canada Cup last December. Team Jones have qualified for the playoffs in all but one of their events and will look to defend their Scotties title in Sydney. Jen, one of the realities about uh, being recognized as one of the best teams in the world is that you can start a season by qualifying in your first six events, but if you don't win any of them, people start wondering what's wrong. Prior to the Canada Cup, was it simply a case of the team struggling a little to get in sync, or was it a case of being on the wrong side of the inch more often than you would have liked to start the season? Yeah, you know, actually, we we didn't feel like we were struggling, and we kind of had an approach this year to just kind of relax and enjoy curling, and, and we were completely happy with uh, how we were doing and we had some really tough quarterfinal games where it could have gone either way and unfortunately it didn't go our way and that uh, kind of ends events for you so all in all we were really pleased with the first half of our season and had a ton of fun a lot of laughs and that really was the goal. Jocelyn is a terrific player and has all the shots so that being said what were some of the adjustments that you had to make as a skip and what adjustments did you perhaps ask Jocelyn to make in her game when she joined the team to start this season? I don't really feel like I had to make any adjustments, to be honest. Uh, she's a great player, and she fit in really, really well, really fast. It felt like we played with her for a long time. She's just a great person, and that made it a lot easier. And I definitely didn't ask her to make any changes for us. It's, uh, you know, it's all about creating a new team, and she brought a lot of tools to the table, and uh, we're, we're really enjoying uh, playing with her and having some fun. So, Jen, obviously this next question, uh, what I'm going to ask you about, certainly didn't bother you last year because you ended up winning the Scotties. But the one thing I know from having spoken to the skips headed to the Scotties over the past four years is that they all have a roadmap and routine they set up to break the week into chunks, especially the uh, skips that have been to the Scotties a few times. You played in 12 Scotties using the old one-pool format. How much, if at all, did you have to change your routine last year when the new two-pool format was introduced? We don't really have much of a, an approach, I guess. We just kind of try to win as many games as we possibly can. So I think that's the same in the new format as well. And I'm definitely not a fan of the new format, so I will I will be honest about that. I, I don't think it really works very well, but um, but that doesn't change how you approach the Scotties. I, I think it's just all about going and trying to be as strong as you can as the week comes to an end and just try to find a way to get yourself into the playoffs. This year you'll be playing in your 14th Scotties. What are the biggest differences between Jen Jones circa 2005 when you won your first Scotties and the Jen Jones that will lead her team into Sydney in the hopes of defending your title? I don't really think there's been much change, to be honest. I've always just had this perspective of curling that it, you know I feel very fortunate that, that I've had the opportunity to play in even one Scotties, and I can't believe that this is our 14th. Um, it's just been a, an honor and a privilege, and that's never gone away. So it's always just a ton of fun to step on the ice for the first time and to just kind of surreal that we, we get to fulfill our dreams. It's not uh, something that everybody gets to do. So we're very thankful for that, and that has never changed. I, I think probably the only difference is that we have a little bit more experience, um, but the thrill of sliding over the Scotties 
hearts on the ice and and the crowd and just the atmosphere of a Scotties uh, has never gone away. Like I mentioned, this will be your 14th Scotties and you only missed a podium once on your first attempt back in 2002. Now I realize that you've often arrived at the Scotties as one of the favorites, but in so many appearances, one would expect that you would have had an oops along the way, if you will, perhaps a year where you couldn't find your groove for whatever reason. I'm curious about why you think you and your team have always been able to step it up at the Scotties. I think it's just that we never give up and we believe in ourselves. And we've been a fairly consistent team for the last decade. We're, we've always kind of been in the mix uh, in terms of the Canadian team ranking system and, and just in, in normal events. So it's it's just a consistent play that we have throughout the season, and that doesn't change at the Scotties. And whenever we get to an event, we never give up. We always wait till the last rock is thrown and always feel that like we have an opportunity to try to come back and win a game. And that's, that's kind of served us very well over the last, number of years and has really helped us have some success. Over the past few seasons when I've interviewed players headed to their first Scotties, they often tell me that one of the things they look forward to is playing against their team because several of them have grown up in their early years as curlers watching you on TV and I've even had a couple of them refer to you as a role model. How do you balance that at an event like the Scotties? Do you make time to talk with any of these players or do you simply take emails and phone numbers and tell them they can reach out to you after the Scotties are done? Oh, I just to even be thought of as a role model is a huge honor and very honored that people would say that. But I, yeah, we, we always try to make some time to say hi to the players and especially just the way the two pools are now, unfortunately you really only get to see those teams that are in your pool. And last year team Quebec wasn't in our, our pool, but we, you know, you, you find kind of some time to, to reach out and talk to some of the players, but it's, I mean, at the end of the day you're competing. And so it's kind of, whenever you have that opportunity but it's something that we never mind doing for sure and finally jen what are going to be the keys for your team to make the playoffs again at the scotties and be in the mix come the final weekend i think just make more shots than uh, than a lot of the other teams <laughs> i think that's always the goal and try to win some games so it's it's it is definitely a long week and you just have to kind of take one game at a time but at the end of the day you just got to win as many games as you can and and try to put yourself in a position where you're when you're in those playoffs and um, just feel so great with the ace, and hopefully that'll be our team this week, or I guess next week. Each year at the Scotties, there seems to be a team or two that may not be that well-known to the national audience, but that are expected to do well by people that follow curling closely. This year, Team Silvernagel of Saskatchewan is one of those teams. The team is skipped by Robin Silvernagel, who lost the last two provincial finals, and also includes third Steph Lawton, who will be known to many Canadian curling fans. Team Silvernagel have won four events on the World Curling Tour this season, and will arrive in Sydney riding a wave of confidence after a strong performance in winning their provincials. Robin, you had lost the previous two provincial championship finals in Saskatchewan. How did it feel to finally get over that hump? Uh, it feels pretty great. Um, I think it still feels a little surreal. It's slowly sinking in. I don't know if it'll exactly feel real until we get there. But, yeah, it, it's pretty awesome to finally persevere and break through and get a championship. I'm guessing it helped to have Steph Lawton on the team this year, who is not only a solid player, but has experience in several provincial finals and also playoff experience at the Scotties itself. She's been so great all year. I mean, we've worked really hard to figure out the team, and, you know, it's been a new team, so you go through bumps and whatnot, but we did a really good job of all working really hard and figuring out what we needed to do as a team, and then at Provincial, she was awesome. There was, I definitely struggled a couple games where I'm just like, what's going on? Why isn't this working? And she was so calm, so positive. That was huge, and yeah, in the final, she was, all the girls were just 
great and very calm, very positive, and just like, we can do this. So, yeah, she's been an awesome addition to our team. A lot has been made this season of Carrie Anderson's four-skip team, but you essentially created a three-skip team with Steph Lawton and Jesse Hunkin playing third and second, respectively. Has her progress this season surprised you a little bit, considering the fact that you had a couple of players having to adjust to playing a relatively new position on a full-time basis? Um, I don't think I'm surprised, just knowing their shooting capabilities, but they've also been really good to figure out their position and just totally embrace what their position is and kind of forget what they've done in the past, but also respect me, I guess, as a skip because they've been skips. They know what it's like and they know what they need from their front end and from their third. And so they've done a really, really good job of just embracing their position. Um, yeah, it's it's working out well. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised, but it could have been the other way. And, you know, we could have started off really great and then things just fall apart or whatever but we've all worked really hard to get to where we are so it hasn't come without a lot of hard work that's for sure you've had a sneaky good year winning four events mostly out west was part of the strategy this season to play a bunch of events in saskatchewan and not only win ctrs points but as it worked out it also gave your team that winning feeling that sometimes carries over into other events Oh, yeah, that's very important. I mean, you need to learn how to lose and you need to learn how to win. And I I think, you know, everyone's, everyone on our team has lost a provincial final, so we know how to do the losing part. So um, going throughout the year and actually winning events, it really – it does take a special skill, too, to win those events, to play in those final games and, you know, persevere and win it. So winning those definitely, I would say, helped us just to – not quit and never give up until that 10th end is over and or 11 if you need and yeah um doing well in those definitely helped our season and our being at provincials and then still going into the scotties for sure your first game at the scotties will be versus the reigning canadian and world champs team jones and looking at the draw there's a pretty good chance that you will be the tv game versus jones that night i'm just wondering if you would have preferred to play someone else to get your legs underneath you a little bit rather than play under the tv lights in your first scotties game i don't think it really matters i mean everything's going to be new and exciting so we'll just go into it and play i mean we can't control who we're playing right that's just not in our control so we'll just go and embrace that and play our game and yeah being on tv i don't think that bothers us like being at the slam definitely helped to be on a wider spread broadcast than just say at provincials or something so that i don't think that'll be really an issue um we're gonna have nerves no matter what nerves are a good thing so yeah, I, I think it'll be fine. It'll be it'll be fun to go out and play Jen the first game. Steph has been to a few Scotties, as I've mentioned a little bit earlier. Have the two of you chatted about what to expect at the Scotties? Because most players refer to it as a different animal than just about any other event they play in during any given season. Yeah, we haven't really chatted too much about it. We have a our send-off tonight and then a uh, team practice and stuff tomorrow. So I think a lot of that will come out. And we're taking Marlise, uh, Steph's sister, as our fifth player. So she's going to help a ton, too, just with her experience and kind of what to expect. And But at the same time, we want to go. You know, it's a new experience, and we want to go and not rely on Steph too much. Be like, okay, what, what do we do? How do you help? You know, we'll get that out of the way before we go. And then it's just focusing on curling while we're there and so that she can also enjoy the experience and not feel like we're just leaning on her so much. So having Marlise there to kind of help with that, too, will be really good. 
yeah, we'll be I'll be leaning on her a little bit, but I think every experience is going to be different, and you just really never know what you're going to get. But for us, yeah, I don't know. I feel I kind of know, but I probably really don't. Just like everybody else said, it, it will be different when you get there. <laughs> and finally, Robin, what have been the strengths of your team this season, and how do you believe those strengths will help you once you arrive at the Scotties? Um, I think we just totally believe in each other. We are so supportive. It's such a positive team. We get along really well. We work well together. I think that really helps. We're all great shot makers, so that's always good. But if the team dynamic is off, you know, that can be an issue. And I feel we've worked really hard to do well at that. And, yeah, we're just always there for each other. And I think I think that is one of our huge strengths of this team is that we're just so willing and open to do whatever to play well. Kerry Galusha will be making a 16th appearance at the Scotties. The skip from Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories will look to improve on her results from last year's Scotties in Penticton when her team failed to reach the championship round. Team Galusha played more this season than they typically do and won an event in Kempville, Ontario earlier this season. Kerry, this is your second season with third Sarah Colton. Have you seen a big difference in your second season together, especially when it comes to things such as communications and understanding each other's tendencies, and has it made a big difference in your performance on the ice? Yeah, Sarah came on the team last year, and I was really excited to have um, a third with her experience. And it was a, it was a shorter season because of the, it was an Olympic year. Um, we also went to McNationals, um, both her and I. And so we lost a couple weekends. We only went to two steals, and then we had the Scotties. So it was a bit of a tough year. We didn't perform like we had wanted to, but we wanted. We knew we were a good pair at the back end, so we wanted to try to give it one more year and travel a little bit more and see what we could do. And this year has been really good. Her and I work so much better on the ice. Um, we know what each other needs on the ice. Um, she just she makes me a better curler, and I think she's learned a lot from me as well. So um, it's, we've had a much better season this year. We just had more time together, and it's really paying off. Not only has your team played a little more this season, but you won an event in Kentville along with the Northwest Territories Playdowns. How encouraging has it been for you to not only play in a few additional events this season to gauge where you're at as a team, but also to win one of those events? So we decided as a team... To get better, we need to play more. We've always known that, being from the NWT, like we need to play more to get better, but it's just been too hard, too expensive when we all have that, like, well, I have a family and um, we all have full-time jobs. So, but this year, I'm not getting any younger and I know I don't have many more years in me. So I'm like, okay, let's see what we can do. Let's sign up for five um, World Curling Tour events. Normally, we only do two. Um, so let's go to five, let's get some more sponsorship, let's travel and see what we can do. So we qualified in our, fir- our first two steals um, in Edmonton and Toronto, and then we won Campbell, our third. And then in Edmonton's Red Deer, we were one shot away from qualifying in those as well. So we lost this tight C qualifier in Red Deer, which... Um, was so close. So really, we could have qualified in all five events. And it's it's been pretty fun because I've never been, I've never been much about CTRS points or anything because we've never really been up there in the standings. But this year, we were actually watching them. At one point, we were like top 20 in Canada. And on the world, we were top 20 in winning. So it was just really neat. And 
Um, we've had a little bit of a taste of it. So we, we, uh, we know what it takes now for all those teams that get all the points and get into all the big events. We're like, oh, this is kind of what it feels like. So, yeah, it was a fun year, and we did lots of traveling, and we did well, and it, it, we had fun doing it. I know that you've worked with John Epping in the past, and I was wondering if he was coaching you again this season and what impact he's had on your team. Yeah, we're working with John again this year. Um, last year we worked with him as well. Not as much, but he we had a conflict with the Scotties and his um, Briar playdown, so he didn't come to the Scotties with us. And this year we're excited that we worked with him in October, and then we do some phone sessions with him, and he'll be coming to the Scotties with us again. So um, we're really excited to have him. He just... Um, for me especially, he's a big support for me and um, helps me manage things and off the ice and on the ice. And um, so we're, we're really looking forward to having him back. I want to take you back to last year's Scotties for a moment. I realize that your team hadn't played much going into the Scotties in Penticton, but you still seem to struggle more than you'd had in the past at the Scotties, especially compared to the previous season when you'd gone 5-6 and six and were in the playoff mix until the last day or so in St. Catharines. Was it just one of those weeks in Penticton for your team last year? Yeah, it's always tough when you have a good year and then you go back to the Scotties and it's not great <laughs> we I might you know and we had high hopes last year um, but like I said it was just a shorter season we didn't have as much time together as a team things just didn't click for us at the Scotties and John wasn't with us and it just things just didn't go well I particularly didn't play my best um, whereas in St. Catharines, I was playing well. Um, so I don't know. Things just didn't feel right for me. And so um, this year, I'm a little bit more prepared. I've been working with a sports psychologist. Actually, our whole team's been working with a sports psychologist. So I'm hoping we're a little bit more prepared in that sense because last year, I think it just we just didn't play well. for There were numerous reasons, but I, I do feel like we're a bit more prepared this year. Finally, Carrie, you will be playing in your 16th Scotties in Sydney, so you have a solid understanding of what it takes to be successful there. What are going to be the keys for your team to qualify for the championship pool at this year's Scotties and perhaps be in the playoff mix come the second weekend of the event? We're, I mean, we're taking things one, one game at a time, but our goal is definitely to make the championship pool this year. Um, definitely a big goal for us, and I think we're, we're just, kind of, I mean, the pools just came out a couple of days ago, so we didn't really know who we were going to play. I think our team ranked 10th going in, kind of might have thrown a little, a few things off, because usually last year we were down at the bottom with the other two territories, so, um, but we like our pool, we like our chances, and um, basically we've been throwing lots, so we're just hoping we go in and well-rested, and we're, gonna, we're going to Toronto early before the Scotties to train with John for a couple of days because our team hasn't been together for over a month. So, um, yeah, we're hoping we can – I know a lot of people don't expect NWT to do well, but I know our team has done well on tour this year, so we'll see what we can do. Andrea Crawford of New Brunswick will be making her eighth appearance at the Scotties, but her first since 2014. In the interim, Crawford played out of Germany while she was stationed there. Team Crawford won three of six events they played in this season, and they are embracing their underdog role at the Scotties and are hoping to cause enough surprises to qualify for the championship round. 
Andrew, this was your first uh, New Brunswick Scotties in a few years. Did you ever imagine going through the event undefeated, especially going up against a field that included the defending champs with uh, both Sylvia Robichaud and Melissa Adams on that team? To be honest, that never crossed my mind. Um, and I don't think, I think I could say the same for the rest of the team. I mean, we just went into every game at Provincials, you know, wanting to win the same. And that the result was that we went undefeated. What will be your team's main objective heading into Sydney? Is it qualifying for the championship pool and then letting the chips fall where they may? Exactly. You know, our, our focus at Provincials was really broken down pretty small. Um, you know, we had our strategy goals and that we were trying to take two, hold to one kind of thing. Like, we really broke it down to the finest thing to keep it simple, easy on ourselves. Um, and and that's, I guess, that, that worked for us. So we're really trying to go into the Scotties the same way um you know our focus will be simple and it'll be about each game separately um and you know the same determination for each game they all matter the same and uh hopefully we have you know at the at the end of the round robin for the first pool we've hopefully we've got a, a record that puts us in the championship pool and then we go from there your team has had a solid season in that you won three of your six events including provincials but you haven't really had the chance to measure yourself against the top teams in the country is that one of the things you might be looking forward to in sydney seeing where your team measures up when compared to the teams that are in the top 10 or top 20 in the world i guess you know being in this part of the country i guess we don't have the opportunity to get out and play against a lot of the big teams we simply don't have the the resources and you know the commitment levels at this time to be able to do it with the careers that we're all in and, and education programs and whatnot so um yeah it'll be good to see where we match up i mean we we know that we're a talented team we do all feel like um we're good players and so our focus is really just on trying to keep our level of play that we've had through provincials and uh and, and stay consistent i guess another thing about your team is that each of the players has been to the scotties before so they will know what to expect which is important at an event like the scotties which is known to be a different animal than other events that teams play during the season yeah well the, the difference on our team is that uh, katie and jen have been there however they were there when relegation was a part of the event and unfortunately they didn't make it through with the team they were on in, in 2017 so they're really eager to <laughs> to play through a whole event um and to be able to do that so they're excited and, and pretty determined too you spent a couple of seasons playing in a few events in germany and around europe while you were stationed there what did you perhaps underappreciate about curling in canada that you gained a whole new appreciation for after playing in different clubs or in different uh, events in germany and other parts of europe well the first thing that comes to mind is ice and availability of curling clubs um, I mean, the closest curling club to where I was located in Germany was about a five-hour drive. And I say five-hour drive because we're used to judging things by this, by uh, time here. But in Germany, it could be five, it could be seven hours with their highways. So, yeah, I say that one's one thing I would appreciate. I didn't have the opportunity to play in, in curling clubs over there other than, you know, the two times that uh, the first time that we happened to be in the area, and I ended up hooking up with Andrea Shop, and then she invited me to curl in a couple of events after that. So that's one. I guess that's really the biggest thing that comes to mind. And finally, Andrea, as discussed earlier, your initial objective in Sydney is to qualify for the championship pool. What will be the keys for your team if you are to achieve that objective? Well, it's interesting timing for that question because we were talking about that. Uh, we actually started a, that question last night in a team chat, and we're getting together on Sunday as a team. But really, we want to do the same thing as what we did in Provincials, and that was just, you know, the little things to focus on and um, in terms of strategy and what our goals are within the game. It doesn't matter who we're playing, and, and to go into each game 
knowing that, you know, they matter just as much as a provincial final. If we can, you know, try and put ourselves in that mindset that they, they each count that much. The other teams in Pool B include Team Burt of PEI, with Suzanne Burt, who will be making her 10th appearance at the Scotties and her first since taking a short break away from competitive curling. Burt won a bronze medal at the 2003 Scotties, and the team won two of their six events this season. Nicole Baldwin will be making a 7th appearance at the Scotties, representing the Yukon, while Kelly Sharp will be making her first Scotties appearance as Skip, representing Newfoundland and Labrador. Pool B is viewed by many as the weaker of the two pools. It's safe to assume that Team Canada and the wildcard team, whoever that may be, will advance to the championship pool, while Saskatchewan will be favoured for the third spot. I would expect the final spot in the championship round from Pool B will be claimed by New Brunswick, the Northwest Territories, or PEI. Join us tomorrow for a preview of Pool A, including interviews with Chelsea Carey, Tracy Flurry, Emma Miskew, Krista McCarville, Jill Brothers, and Sarah Wark. I'm Frank Rock, and this is From the Hack.